since you've been on the pod it has (laughs) (laughs) and scene (laughs) uh, see you next week (laughs) how have you been uh that's a loaded question i was gonna say it's not really a simple question i'm currently all right okay that is enough for now i think that is good enough for me for now i'm all right what about if you? it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for two, that's what I want to do. It's good enough for you. Oh, what a chin. And she's back. Yeah, all good here, to be honest. Just um, just busy as ever, really. But it's 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 hotter, it's warmer, it's it's warmer. summer-ish. Warmer. Huh? Summer. <laughs> summer and it's warmer, I'd say. <laughs> it's an R summer. in that word. <laughs> Summer. Um, so yeah, it's quite. It's nice. It's nice to kind of like not for it not to get so dark like early and like it to be a bit lighter I in the morning. Like, like going to bed when it's bright outside though, and I feel like an old woman. Yeah, and I really just want to go on holiday. Like I just, I really want to be by a pool and to be left alone. And that is yeah. it, really. That's my holiday. We ain't going to be traveling out of this country. No, we won't be doing it. Like we're in the same country. We are not. <laughs> we are not. No, I don't think we'll be going anywhere anytime soon. But it, no. it's nice. It's nice to dream and feel, you know, mm. whatever that mm. means. <laughs> um, I did go to the cinema, though. Oh, I did. I didn't. Went to the cinema. I, went, I saw Quiet Place 2. Oh, was it scary? It was absolutely bloody fantastic. Was now, obviously, it? yeah, obviously, I'm going to be a little bit biased because it's my first time back in the cinema since yeah. last year. But the whole experience, like, I just can't believe John Krasinski is like this brilliant horror director. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's Jim from The Office. <laughs> How quiet are we talking? Is it like real quiet for a lot of it? It is actually, yeah. And I know this is something that you were quite worried about with seeing the last one when yeah. it came out. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Tinnitus. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. There's um, a lot of um there's a lot of intense quiet scenes and it's yeah, the, the sound design is brilliant, but yeah, yeah. absolutely for Tinnitus. I can I can fully imagine that would be the case. Killian Murphy's in it though. Amazing yeah. as ever. Hasn't aged. Just, the Irish. And at one point, like he literally looked like he just stepped off the set of 28 days later, and that film really? was like what, 15 years ago or something like that? I, um, I dread to imagine it could be more. 2002 it was 19 years yeah that's what I was gonna say Karis like I feel like we were very young when that came out this is a this is starting to become a theme on the podcast because last week me and Neha just constantly were like this came out in 2013 what so um but yeah no I liked it it was good to good to be back there's not really much else coming out that I'd kind of go to the cinema and watch to be honest I'm still a little bit nervous but I uh got my first dose of the vaccine like two and a half weeks ago so Apparently after three weeks, you have like a good level of protection, protection, not protection. protection. I haven't been to school so long. Uh, So I'm like, I might 
go to the cinema. I don't know. Um, I kind of want to. I kind of want to go see Gorilla, and I know that that's like really crap to say, but I just really want to see. I want to take my mom to see Cruella. Um It happened for the first time, you know. Someone said, "Oh, your doggy. They're a bit nasty in that new film, aren't they?" Oh my god! But that. I was like, yeah. Yeah, she is. She killed. I will um, bloody Twitter can't shut their mouths, can they? So I've already, I already know what happens in the bloody movie. Yeah, I'm getting this a lot lately. Well, Twitter's been fun lately for me, hasn't it? To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> going going viral. Um, yeah, that was fun. I haven't had um, a death threat or a um, nasty message in a while. It's yeah. good to keep humble, like, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really bringing you back to your Tumblr days. It, it, it is bringing me back to my Tumblr days. But it I was, never got yeah. death threats. I don't know why. <laughs> I wasn't controversial enough. Like making Saturday Night Live gifts and being terrified to say anything to anyone. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, it was quite funny. I I ended up like muting the notifications after a day because it's just getting anxiety from like everything. Yeah. Um, but it was quite funny them. because they were very mean. They they were, and do you know what? It was funny because me and some of the guys from Rian Pictures noticed how some people like quote tweeted it like make it about them like as a filmmaker i don't stand for this and i just thought it's not about you today mm-hmm. you know it's not about you but yeah you know things things are all right i guess are you have you watched loki yet i know laverne's coming on later to talk about this no my friend texted me and was like oh loki have you watched it yet and then i was like oh i'll watch it tonight and then i watched more jersey shore family vacation oh my god Amazing. I, I think that's a good choice, you know. We'll get around to Loki. It's like my yeah. it's like my comfort show. So definitely. Modern Family's been my comfort show. I'm on season ten now. I'm so against that show that I don't think I could enjoy it just because I'm so against that show. Why are you so against that show? <sighs> because like years ago they won like all the comedy awards over all my favorite shows. They did, like, yeah. Screw you, your stupid show. <laughs> like, I, remember, I remember when it came out, like, no one really liked it. And then it kind of had, like, this mini resurgence, like, a couple of years into the show. And then, I, yeah. And then it disappeared like, again. <laughs> I equate it to, like, Big Bang Theory. Oh, that is quite an equation. I know, but I do in my brain. I'm just like, Ugh. Like, both of them, I'm just like, Ugh. That's um, fair. Even though Kaylee Cuoco has won me overnight with that flight attendant show, but... Which I still haven't seen. Oh my god, guys, it's so good. <laughs> I'm sitting here complaining about there being nothing on television to watch, and there's tons and tons and tons. Did you watch Mary of Easttown though? Yes, loved it. I loved it too. Loved that there was an arc where the character was like, "Is she gonna go see Boy Genius? Is she not gonna see Boy Genius? Oh, she's not gonna see Boy Genius." Which Boy Genius is a band that I love with Phoebe Bridgers in it. And then oh. near the end of the show, then she's just like listening to Phoebe Bridgers, sad that she didn't go see Boy Genius, and I'm like, "You brought this on yourself, Siobhan." <laughs> Siobhan <laughs> oh my god Siobhan you did but um oh, sorry you did there was no need for but at the end of the see this is the but I know. uh listening and doesn't understand that I we've noticed that I say but at times that uh, make no sense whatsoever there is no but but we just the end of sentences and yeah. obviously I understand now that it's just a, a way that you it's a dialect that you have mm-hmm. um but previously I would be sitting there like but what? What? I know. So like, like looking at my WhatsApp, what? like, but what? And now when I see other people use it, like when they just haven't grammared their sentence properly, God, that was a terrible example. Grammared their sentence the, properly. Grammar the, yep. <laughs> grammar the ding. I'm like, oh, they're like you, Lauren. Yeah. Um, I just so yeah. count grammar. Count grammar. <laughs> Cannot speak English. <laughs> and good for you. Why not? 
we are going to be talking about crazy ex-girlfriend this week. So we we got quite a few requests for this, actually. This has um, been on the, the make. We've been talking about this episode for a long time. We have, time. Yeah, yeah, for a long time. So we we have watched this. I can probably count on one hand how many people I know who watch this show. Same, same, big same, maybe. <laughs> Why three. do you think that is? I don't know if it's maybe just like... I don't know. I think, well, first of all, the title might be slightly off-putting to people because it's sort of like tongue-in-cheek, isn't it? It was off-putting to me at first. I, will, I, I, would, I, will, I would say the same. Um, and and it was only that my brother had watched some of it and then he was like, this show's really funny. You would love it. And I remember being like, Sean, you don't know me. And then <laughs> and then she won the Golden Globe, didn't she? And her speech was like really funny. And then I was like, that's that show Sean keeps telling me to watch. So then I was like, all right, I'll give it a go. And then I was like, oh. He was correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Maybe the title. I do think the title is a big one. It's also yeah. bizarre at times. Well, I was confused because I honestly, I didn't start watching this until Christmas 2017. So like midway into season three. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, because it was in the CW and the CW is like notorious for, you know, young Hollywood dramas and supernatural and mm-hmm. you know things like that so I just it felt random to be on the the yeah. CW um I saw her win the Golden Globe and I was like okay I'll watch that at some point yeah and I didn't and mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's because there was no one in the show that I knew that maybe part of it, yeah yeah which you know is always something that's why I didn't really watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine until I realized that Andy Sandberg was in it but who also won a tell you what the Golden Globes are very good yeah, for advertising yeah, comedy that is, <laughs> that is true I think too, I suppose musicals are quite polarizing aren't they like people I didn't know it was a musical oh okay well then- and I watched it and didn't know it was a musical I put it on because it was on Netflix and I yeah. was like what hang on what's going on here yeah I understand but yeah yeah no I think you're right because musicals are always that kind of nerdy thing aren't they like we don't have many no good speaking as someone who loved them okay. but um, we don't have many like musical shows like we had Glee and that was it and then since and it, then we've had even really like a straight musical right like an original musical show. it definitely wasn't straight I can tell you that now <laughs> Do you know my brother when it, like he lives in Singapore and he used to he loved Glee as well, and uh, they would like edit out anytime like Kurt said this is my boyfriend it would he'd be like this is my friend Blaine like so bad oh my god really so in Singapore Glee is a stretch that's amazing I'd love to watch that first. It's like three minutes long and it's like just all oh, Will Schuster <laughs> just a siege show, which yeah. I think is the pitch they gave to him originally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it is a musical. It, it's it's kind of like a, it's a comedy, it's satire, it's um, drama, it's romance. It's, it's a mixture of things, really. The premise essentially is Re- Rebecca Bunch is a Yale and Harvard educated real estate lawyer who works for a top New York City firm. She gets offered a promotion, but she's very unhappy. She bumps into Josh Chan, who was like her boyfriend from summer camp. And he tells her that she, you know, He's lives in New York, he's moving back to West Covina. And so, like any normal person, she decides to give up her life and to move to West Covina to pursue this guy that she's not seen for only two 15, hours from the beach. Only two hours from the beach. So yeah, it's a very hyper intense show about a very bizarre situation. And you know, there's always the jokes about crazy ex-girlfriend. Do you remember the meme that was online years ago about like the crazy ex-girlfriend? Oh, what do you call her? Lena something. Oh, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, she had a great YouTube channel for a while. She, really she did, she did. On that. 
some horrible boy from sixth form said that I looked like her and that really helped me out of my last few months of sixth form oh, so fair, thank you James I, to be Thanks. fair I used to fancy her <laughs> did you well I'm just really, in her actual YouTube not in that creepy <laughs> creepy picture I know um, I felt like I couldn't have brown hair ever again Oh, you, 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 you rock every color. Thank what I would you. like to say right now before we continue to spoil this show, if you've just randomly clicked this episode because oh, yes, you're a subscriber course. and you have not watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you should definitely stop listening to this right now you and should. watch it because it is such a wonderful show uh, that explores mental illness in ways that I've never quite seen before. Mm-hmm. Also, absolute tunes. Tunes. I've told everyone I know to watch this show, and yeah, a lot same. of people have followed it through to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is very much a show that's based on recommendations. I'd never remember seeing much advertising for it. And they didn't see any? No, no. Except the Golden at all. Globes. <laughs> yeah, Golden Globes. Golden Globes, actually. Yeah, I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine because of that. I watched Top of the Lake. I watched this. But I think, as far as I know, though, the Golden Globes was like one of the only reasons I got a season two. <laughs> Well, this is the thing because right, it ran for four seasons, and it was like the show had n- like notorious low ratings. Like it's the only show that had that low ratings that got four seasons. Um, oh, community, <laughs> <laughs> God, community, that was a mess. So let's talk about the show itself. So Rachel Bloom is our lead character. She is basically a Rachel Berry. All these typical- RBs, <laughs> RB, 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 Rebecca Bunch, Rachel Bloom, Rachel Berry. <laughs> but the difference with this with this lead character is yeah she's you know she she's the crazy ex-girlfriend she is very intense she's very you know stalkery she's very focused but the show actually explores the why of that it's not just yep. because she's this random character they really explore the mental illness side which a lot of people related to and picked up on because it was spoken about in such an open way um so she's diagnosed not to the third season yep. with borderline personality <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be so many references to songs here. Yeah. But yeah, she gets dialogued with a diagnosed with BPD, and it's very much centralized around her making a recovery, but not just recovery. It's mainly about her living with this and w- working out how to kind of tailor her life to it, really. Obviously, yeah. there's lots of other storylines that get involved with it as well. There's gay characters in the show as well, which I think is really great. And it deals bi with elements characters. such. There's a bi character as well. So there's a lot going on here. So let's talk about, let's go through season one first, first. and just have a little chat about some of the songs and storylines that yeah. we have. So the opening theme is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Sexist term. <laughs> She's brilliant. Do you know who directed the first episode? Mark Webb, director yes! of 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, that's actually one of the, whenever I saw that he was directing the first episode too, I was going to watch it anyway, but I was like, oh. Yeah, it's strange because he, he, he directed dir- a good few, didn't he? he d- well, it looks like he directed only two and that's oh, the really? opening to season one and opening to season two. But do you know who else directed a couple of episodes? Who? Kenny Ortega, High School Musical. Shut up. I, oh, why did I not I, realise that? I know, I know, I know. So yeah, the first kind of season, it's her fascination with Josh and every single episode, the name has Josh in it, yeah. which changed in season four. Um, but yeah, they're really, like Josh. Josh's girlfriend's really cool. I hope Josh comes to a party. I'm going on a date with Josh's friends. Josh and I are good people. My first Thanksgiving with Josh. Um, and it's really that kind of obsessive stalker tone about her consuming Josh's life. So she meets his friends, she meets his girlfriend. And part of that is meeting Greg, who is our secondary love interest. First should be first. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. So I love Greg. 
I love Greg so much. So yeah, so it's all about stalking. And obviously part of moving to West Covina, she kind of gets this apartment. She's obviously got a lot of money. She gets this job in a law firm, um, which has really, really great characters in here. So let's, we'll come back to that, but let's talk about the love interest first of all. So Josh, what did you think of Josh? Josh, I mean, look. (laughs) (laughs) I just, what I will say is this. I know how important it was, firstly, to have an Asian male lead. I know. In the CW show as well. Yeah. And also then obviously, because there's that trope, isn't there, that like Asian people are like never the center of like love attractions or whatever. They're just sort of like the friend or whatever. And I respect that. And I really loved the whole idea of him being the love interest and whatever. However, I just always loved Greg. Yeah, I just felt like Josh was so, he was very self-centered. He was very much a lad, isn't he? Which I've learned that the younger generation are calling Spice Boys. Spice Boys was a big thing here back in the day. Really? But Spice Boys were like more feminine, lean-in boys, Spice Boys. You know, or just like boys that like spent a lot of time on their appearance. (laughs) Sorry. Wild cute sneeze, bless you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I thought that was going to change, but yeah, I agree. Josh was kind of like, he was the lead, and it was amazing that, you know, Vincent Rodriguez had this brilliant kind of I lead. Love him. He's so brilliant. He's absolutely fantastic. And ripped. And very ripped. Well, yeah. all the men on this show are very ripped, actually, <laughs> which we all get to. That is true, yeah. Um, but Greg's kind of like the secondary character because he's so self-deprivating and he's that typical kind of like he's the Seth Cohen of the show he's the Dan Humphrey of the show before you know Dan Humphrey it's two shows I've never watched but yeah <laughs> <laughs> to carry on and he's kind of like this yes yeah, so he's self-deprivating but the thing about Greg in this show is that they really highlight that they don't ever try and make it seem like they literally have a song in the show called Settle For Me I love it which is all about the fact that he's not that great. He's not exciting. He's not what you want, but he'll be there. <laughs> they just had such good chemistry, didn't they? They did. They had yeah. incredible chemistry. And it was really great to kind of have that kind of will they, won't they with two characters. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think they they worked, they worked together really, really well. And it was interesting in the show because you had like Team Greg and Team, um, team Josh. And throughout the first season, like I never kind of knew which one she was going to go with. So I thought the writing was really good that you yeah. kind of were like, well, I kind of want you to be with Josh because this is what it's all leading up to. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like there's Greg here and Greg's actually, I don't know, I had quite a crush on him during season one. I will tell you that. Yeah, It's, it's the yeah. voice. It's like butter. It's incredible. It's the, the jazzy songs as well. Like it's just in, incredible it really really was amazing frozen fame that's why he got that frozen role he did he did so that's the kind of love interest side let's talk about the work side so you've obviously got daryl who is our bi character yeah i remember when this this the episode came out that he comes out as bi and just being sent the gifts constantly yeah. of the the performance itself <laughs> getting by oh it's so good and then right, oh, the, so the lyrics of the song are just so brilliant because it's so poignant and it's just, it's it's very much like snl but just so like emotional as well. And um, also must be one of the first shows to actually say it, bisexual. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. They had two bisexual characters in the end, didn't they? Because um, Valencia was bi. Oh, that's right. <laughs> she was indeed. That's right. 
that kind of got shoehorned in though season four, which I'm going to talk about because I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't too, I wasn't too happy about that to be honest. Mm. To be honest, and um, we've also got Paula, who is her best friend, the love of my life, who is an incredible, incredible oh. singer. Oh. Incredible singer. There's some. There's some absolutely brilliant songs from her in season one. Particularly for me, it's after everything I done for you. That you didn't ask for. I, and uh, no, the one what was a face your fears. Face your fears. All the kids running with scissors in the background, like oh, run with scissors. Oh god, it's so good. Even just the pilot alone, I think, is one of the best episodes of a television show ever made. Just how she sort of at the start, like Paula, sort of like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? And then it like knows what's going on. And then the arc of that friendship over the four seasons, but even just the first season alone is just so wonderful. Um, and they work so well together, like even in a vocal blend, like they just they do. together. They and, do, uh, they do. Paula has some of my favorite moments, like over the seasons some of her songs are my favorite but I love that I just love that friendship because it was even though it was so heightened like Mm. you know like the things that she does for Rebecca at the same time (laughs) in a heightened reality you're sort of like well actually if that was my friend I'd probably do a lot of that stuff I mean probably wouldn't do some of the things like you know uh, blackmail Valencia's boss that she can plan her yoga schedule but like it's this, just, you know, this like, is what I love as well because so much of the plot gets revealed in a song so it's a way they yeah. can kind of wrap up plot holes and kind of like do a shock but I just love in the first episode like she's so suspicious of Rachel and then she finds out like oh so you're here to stalk your ex-boyfriend oh that's fine okay I'll help I'll like be- it's just the kind of like joining but Kit Paula's character throughout the seasons go through so so much as well like she's obviously a working mom mm-hmm. she her husband then cheats on her and we go through this really difficult stage where she's trying to deal with it and she's trying new things to deal and understand it and I really loved how it was so raw it wasn't just like this has happened we're gonna break up and that's it we're gonna get divorced it was very much like this has happened I'm really hurt I really want to stay with you let's see what we can do and I love that because I don't feel like we see that a lot of that on screen but a lot of that happens in real life yeah just speaking from experience and then of course we have the abortion storyline which is huge because we never get this in a mainstream tv show if we do it's very much you know it's done in afternoon episodes and I think I've only seen this done really well in this show and Bojack Horseman and yeah, I just feel like Paula really does kind of have that well-round character. And obviously she gets a, another great job later in the seasons as well, which doesn't really work out. So there's all these things going on. Like you could have the Paula show, couldn't you? I I mean, I think that's one of the things that I loved so much about it is it's sort of like, it's like that thing. And I think, I can't remember, it was Greg Daniels talked about it with The Office too, is like, or no, he was talking about uh, Parks and Recreation, which is like, Parks and Recreation, like The Simpsons, for example, is you start to like know all the characters outside of just the family or the main show. Yeah. You know, you you know, like with uh, with Parks and Recreation, obviously, you know, like the people that do like the Ben Laurie and, you know, like you start to learn all the people in the town, like all the old people that always complain about like there being sandwiches on the bench or whatever. Whereas like in this <laughs> show, you know, you get to know like the people that work at the supermarket and you get to know like all the little characters, the ones in the office that might not necessarily be like even the main character or the next main characters they're they're by this end of the fourth season like a lot of them have had fully fleshed out yeah like arcs um which you don't often see in in tv series i mean especially one that has like what i mean is there 11 or 12 like recurring cast members on that show i can't remember now i'm crazy it's girlfriend i'm trying to think of you know that that song where they're like no one else is singing my song or whatever and then there's like a whole like (laughs) all of them are singing it it's a, there's nine main ones, but obviously yeah. um, 
Greg kind of fills out for a season, so it I goes like eight. Talk. <laughs> come back, come back. Uh, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Well, um, it's so that's Paula. Then we've also got Daryl as well. So Daryl's obviously our bisexual character. Daryl has a really strange storyline, to be honest. I mean, he's they actually changed Daryl a lot. So Daryl was originally going to be like a really quite a stern character, and they changed him to be a little bit more like whimsical and you know often clueless. He's very sensor. Because um, he wasn't that uh, different actor right in the pilot he is yeah so if you watch the the trailer and the original pilot he's he's not in there but he's middle-aged divorced dad he discovers he's bisexual he starts dating josh which i when it first happened i thought this is just kind of shoehorning two characters together but wow what a relationship also i I love that he was white josh white josh i know (laughs) i love that I love that. It was really, really good. I love that. Just just flipping the narrative, which yeah. this show did quite a lot, actually. But Daryl, you know, he's very prone to loneliness and has his feelings. And, you know, he's very open about how he doesn't have friends. And, like, there's that song where he's like, you're my best friend, oh. even though I'm not yours, but that's okay. <laughs> just oh, remind me of being 14. It's that, like, horrible salad thing. that is amazing. He's fantastic. And some of the songs he he, sells, he does too. Like he wants to be a father again and my sperm is healthy. <laughs> what did they call the baby again? Oh, it was really Habeka. Habeka, that's right. Habeka, yeah. Because Hebby, yeah. So he has a baby girl carried by Heather and using Rebecca's egg. That's right. Habeka. I, do, I tell you what, one thing though, I didn't I didn't like about the way they wrapped mainly because I love Daryl and White Josh and I and what I think the show made fun of that like they was very there was storylines were like you have to get back together because it's what people want and they were like we don't want to and I feel like the show constantly challenged that like well just because you want something to happen doesn't mean that it's going to yeah there's definitely um, less fan service on the show than most very 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 much indeed but yeah he marries a woman in season four that I just didn't didn't like but I guess that's just life and I thought no it's not life it's a tv show it should have gone my way <laughs> that's just the way it is dun, dun, dun. um so that's the kind of work basis covered we'll come back to that a little bit more in season two but let's talk about friends here so obviously starting out she only really has Paula as her friend we've mm-hmm. got the character of Heather who is her neighbor yeah what are your thoughts on Heather because I'm kind of like eh Oh, really? I loved Heather. Did you? Yeah, Heather is one of my faves because she's just so apathetic to everything. And I was like, same. (laughs) (laughs) She was very apathetic, to be fair. What did you think about her and Greg? Anything that just like derailed Rebecca and Greg for me was just... I I liked her and uh, Hector, right? Yeah, her and Hector were lovely, but I didn't like her and Greg, and I thought that was a way of just shoehorning like her in a relationship to give her like lines and things like that. But yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of hers to be honest. I just didn't feel like she never she ever really had like any really interesting storylines. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, like it just always felt like oh well we'll put her with Greg and oh well, she can carry Daryl's baby and oh you know I also just really hated the <clears throat> big eyebrow ring. Yeah. I, I agree with that, to that be honest. upset me. Because <laughs> it was so clearly fake. <laughs> it was. It was really clearly fake. Flake? Fake. Fake. So 2008. So Valencia was Josh's controlling girlfriend and Rebecca's rival. Their rivalry was fantastic. I like, loved it. 
it was just so brilliant and and Valencia's songs like we've got to stick together which was just amazing because it was just so typical a woman who thinks she's being like for the world and they're just like yeah. we've got to stick together apart from her and her and her and her and her <laughs> I loved uh, my favorite Valencia song was my movement where she's very clearly talking about pooing <laughs> oh it's just the funniest thing like I don't know how many times in my life I've watched that video and just cry laughing still it just gets me every time She's um she's absolutely fantastic and her character really developed over the years. Yeah. Um and she you know she really spoke about like after she broke up with Josh she really kind of questions that choices and obviously there's this moment where Josh and um, Valencia break up and then Rachel and Valencia are very good friends and then Rachel gets together with Josh and you kind of have this moment where Valencia's like well what about me like I did love how the show addressed its own plot lines where it'd be like Mm -hmm. well we were best friends and you just dated him like where have I been for like five episodes kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, it was very meta like that wasn't it there's a lot of songs that were quite meta like she's having who is he for another season? By season we mean spring. <laughs> but yeah, they they do end up being best friends. And yeah, Valencia eventually ends up with a woman called Beth, and they run a party planning business and get engaged. Yeah, they kind of they nicely wrapped her up at the end, but I just feel like she got boring as seasons went on. Yeah, yeah. But brilliant antagonist at the start. She, I like. She, I think uh, she she definitely was like excellent as the antagonist in season one and then obviously like the friendship was really good for a season or two and then as you say it's sort of and I mean look I love the show um I did find season four wasn't the most it was hard work I I mean I did fall out of it a little bit compared to the other seasons and I had watched it from basically halfway through the first season I think so I was sort of like following it year by year Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember just not starting. I think I started the first episode and it took me a while to get back and finish it. I think I only went back and finished it when the finale was out because I didn't want to be, I didn't want that show to be spoiled because it was so important to me. I don't know why it just, I, no, yeah, I was the same. Yeah, I'd, you kind of just wanted it to, to like, like you, I watched season one and two and it was brilliant. Season three was, was getting there, but season four, it generally was like, what is this kind of doing really? Which we, we, which they recast Greg. Anyway, we will talk out. We're still on season one. <laughs> My favorite song from season one is You Ruined Everything, You Stupid, you stupid bitch. bitch. Sing with me. That's the best you part. It's so good. I agree with that one, to be honest. I I love Greg's songs from season one. I think they're brilliant. Like, what'll it be? Does he do like the Piano Man song during that season as well? I don't know if it's that season, but what'll it be sort of Piano Man-y? Yeah, it's well, the, the opening themes like literally it's five o'clock on Thanksgiving. But I did love, I just love some of the very personal songs that Rebecca did, like things like uh, the sexy getting ready song was yeah. just so, and like put yourself first. And they're like, but if I'm putting myself first, why am I doing all this? <laughs> Don't question it. Like all the little things, period sex. Oh, God. Fantastic song. Absolutely I, fantastic song. I'm a song. good person. Yes, yes it's, true. it's true. I'm a good person better than you. Oh, there's so many good ones. A boy band made up of four Josh's. You can kiss all your childhood traumas goodbye. Like it was just brilliant. So it talks so much about what women go through and how at that young age, which we've discussed loads of times this podcast before, you're told to not feel, not overreact. Everything you're doing is dramatic. And it's very much like how that builds up. We bottle it up and then we get to like late twenties and we're like, but what if I am just over dramatic? <laughs> Actually, that really hurt my feelings when I was 15. I'm gonna talk about it right now. Yeah. So yeah, I I loved I loved all of those songs, but I think Josh's songs were fantastic. Like Settle for Me was brilliant. Right. 
Greg, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I just think they were brilliant. But there were some really weird ones. Like obviously they did songs that were very much like they did like a Les Mis type song with the uh, <laughs> vibrator. Is that that one? Uh, flooded with justice. Oh, they do one in a later season too. That's about the buzzing in the bathroom. Oh, the buzzing in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah sorry. But little, I gave you an UTI. Absolutely incredible song. It's not really about the quality of sex, more the frequency of it. Let me have this. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, you studio bitch, I think, is a phenomenal, like a, phenomenal just, song. Like you can't write a song like that that's not in a musical, and and the same time too, like that would just never be in a normal musical. And I think that's what's so good about it because it is like I you could and all of us have probably gotten to a point where you say all those things to yourself, but hearing it like that with her, like with the big like fancy dress, and oh, it's just mm-hmm. brilliant. I love it no, so much. I completely agree. I also loved, I think this is, yeah, it's season one. I think I like you because I have generally thought that before. Like, I think I like you. Or is it just because, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But that's the thing. I think the beauty of her was that it was very SNL mixed with mm-hmm. that kind of old school YouTube that we loved. That was yeah, like. That's what she was, wasn't it? She, made she was, yeah. Like, yeah. And that's that's where she got discovered from. And it was that kind of nostalgia element where you're kind of being self-deprivating online but it's funny and it wasn't in like a different way it was kind of like a little snapshot of that time I think where it was kind of like late like Bo Burnham like that's what his whole thing was like in the late 2000s like people have watched Inside or Netflix this is basically like Rachel like telling her story telling her life about sex about UGIs about mental illness about dating about you know why we butcher ourselves in the bathroom before going on dates like this was very much her like emotional piece season two we get a new theme song i'm just a girl in love my actions she's an ingenue i think season two theme I, is my favorite it's the it's the lyrics again it's like i have no underlying issues to address i'm certifiably cute and adorably obsessed it's like no it's fine i'm stalking this guy but it's cool because i'm cute it's fine it's fine which is literally what some girls do and say um but yeah production elements absolutely fantastic and obviously it gets reprieved like we love the reprise in Craziest Girlfriend, and it gets reprised by what was his name again? Todd? What was the name of her stalker? Trent. Trent. That was it. Yeah. Trent. Season two also opens with a Beyonce reference. The Love Colonels. The Love Colonels. And again, it's so like it says we blew our whole production budget on this song. <laughs> Daryl is now paid by a broomers. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant Aww. but season two has changed so basically she is dating josh and we sadly do have the end of greg's time on the show um which not without some realize, brilliant songs which i at the time did not realize he was leaving the show yeah i don't they've never really said what was happening with this and he um, wanted to leave yeah so santino wanted to leave the show um he got offered other roles in another tv show as well and i think there was some bad blood Mm. broke my heart like he did he did it was just so good he was so good we had some great songs from near the end though we had greg's drinking song which was fantastic again addressing alcoholism which we rarely see in a tv show too Mm -hmm. i could if i wanted to fantastic song very relatable then of course we had kind of like it was a shit show which was yeah very end and it, the last we see of him is we tap that, that we tap that, that ass all, all over the place <laughs> and then after that i kind of feel like it was obviously josh gets a girlfriend who's played by the wonderful britney snow yep 
absolute fantastic cast in there. And we get a new love interest, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Plimpton III, who enters the show and is basically a wealthy, successful lawyer, is Rebecca's new boss. And they kind of have this immediate kind of attraction like this impulse towards yeah. each other and there's some brilliant songs absolutely fantastic yeah. and did you i don't think you ever did do you ever watch a show called greek no but i know <laughs> he was in it he Cara was watched it Kara, Kara, you weren't alive when greek was on telly she didn't I used have to, to be alive she could stream it now <laughs> I don't think you can. I used to have to watch Greek on med, mega video, and you know, you'd have to wait watch, the forty-five minute limit. Yeah. Or <laughs> so I'd, I'd watch one out. I'd watch one episode and half an episode, then have to wait an hour to watch another. Oh, oh yeah, that, that was my sad. Kids these days don't, don't understand. understand. But there's some funny. There's some funny great songs in here as well. So Rebecca and Josh get back together. We have the very funny. We'll never have problems again. Oh God, I know so good. And then, of course, we have a few songs with um, Nathaniel, like Let's Have Intercourse, which was the Ed Sheeran-esque song. Absolutely, just revving the piss out of it. It's so good. So fantastic. Rebecca and Josh get decide to get married, and he leaves it at the aisle. Were you expecting this? You just can't trust Josh. (laughs) You can't trust him to do one thing right. You can't. What I really love, though, is the re- Prees off um, Rebecca's song when it's like, well, Rebecca, you've done it now. I cry every time I hear it. Yeah, I um, particularly because we, her relationship with her parents. So obviously her mother is very controlling and very, yeah, not good. Controlling is a good word. And her dad's just, her dad's just like not in the picture really. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought it was really quite emotional to be honest. But I didn't realise how quick season two kind of like spiralled after Greg left the show actually. I'm just looking now and it's just seemed to go really quick. Maybe it's because we were crying the whole time. Remember that we suffered. <laughs> Patty Lepone <laughs> was in it. I know. Patty Lepone. It was interesting when we get to season four is they put it out on Twitter. Like, if you want to guest star on the show, let us know. And Tan France was like, me. And they were like, no. Or <laughs> they, were like, they put him in the end for like four minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> season three theme song. Not my favorite. Not my, it's so, it's actually not even really memorable. No, I didn't like it. Crazy. It was kind of like. I just like when she yeah. sat on the toilet, but that's what it <laughs> There's a great song here after everything you made me do, which is the reprise when mm. Rebecca kind of um, confesses to Josh that she was, you know, a little bit crazy. But we have some really great Nathaniel moments in this. Like I go to the zoo is a <laughs> incredible song. And the aquarium. Um, we also kind of speak more about mental illness in this yeah. season too, um, which I think is brilliant because obviously we have the song I diagnose, a diagnosis as well. And that's the kind of main kind of thing that she goes through but then we kind of I feel like season three is when it all started to become less about Rebecca more about everyone else yeah so we have like Nathaniel's storyline we have White Josh's storyline which is fit hot guys have problems too which I is love that. I love that incredible song a horny angry tango which is where the Rebecca and Nathaniel storyline comes into it mm-hmm. did you like Rebecca and Nathaniel yes okay did you not no I did I loved them and I thought okay well if you're going to take Greg away from me then that's fine I'm going to root for this couple now yeah which as we all know just didn't go very well my heart Um, hurts it did it did hurt it did hurt a lot season three features my personal favorite song of the whole series antidepressants are so not a big deal 
um, as someone who is on them and as someone who's really thought they were a big deal and also recently had to up their medication and like emoly text Karis being like, I'm such a failure. <laughs> and then I like listened to that song again. I was like, you're such a dick, Lauren. That song is so great. And also because it name checks the one that I'm on. Um, it does. And that always makes you friends. feel like more. And it's all La La Land and, all, and you know, my guilty pleasure. <laughs> Sorry, my what white, you did, La La Land. white guilty pleasure is La La Land. <laughs> Oh God, I got a reference on one of them the other day actually, it made me laugh. Season season three, as it shapes up though, was it one was did you kind of feel like the quality is going now? I uh, probably. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Now I'm looking back at it going, was it literally, did I just love Greg? <laughs> because clearly, Karis, you just loved Greg. I actually might Greg have on the brain, to be honest. You're gonna cover Rihanna's song Love on the Brain, but you just changed to Greg on the Brain. <laughs> Greg on the brain. Season four, when season four got announced, obviously that's when they said Greg was coming back. And it was the uh, <laughs> Skylar Austin. Aston. 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 Season four theme soon. Theme soon. <laughs> theme tune. Season four theme, Greg, is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's called Meet Rebecca and it changed every episode. Yeah. What did you think of this one? I like this one. Yeah. Meet Rebecca. Da, 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 da. I just love the all the. I actually just my see. This is my brain malfunction. And I antidepressants are so not a big deal, but they will make your brain fart all the time, which is not. Yeah, good. that was that wasn't um, a lyric. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it, it should have been. Um, I liked the video montage where she looked crazy in some scenes, and especially mm. the one where she looks like she's like. Like like a feral rat. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you remember the weird song they did where it was like fuck ton of cats? And I was like, mm, I don't know if <laughs> this sound, this feels like a bad week of SNL. No, but uh, do you know that just makes me think of you know the one have you have you watched her videos on YouTube pre Crazy Ex Girlfriend? Yes, yes, yes. Have you know I steal pets? Yes. I steal pets from the popular people, I dress them up like the popular people. <laughs> There's some brilliant. I think she should. Hero. She should have brought some of the songs into there. There's no kind of like key focus for season four. It just seems to be kind of all over the place, which is probably why it was not. There's my boy giving out now. He's like season four was my favorite. Karis, do you hear? Fucking <laughs> I didn't hear a voice. I was like, what are you oh, talking my about? Uh, does Mike must pick it up? <laughs> but yeah, there's some. There's some very strange storylines going on. So like, she finds a long lost brother. And tries to turn oh. into a child, a child star. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Obviously, White Josh and Daryl, the group, has decided that you're in love. That's literally the name of the song. So they try and bring that them back together. There's some weird kind of like two tickets. So they put like they put like Nathaniel and Heather together for scenes, and Valencia and Paula, and it just doesn't really kind of mesh out really. And there's some strange, just strange things. But to be honest, I'm just going to fast forward to when Greg comes back into the show, and they have this really lovely song called "Hello, Nice to Meet You." Yeah. And it gets reprised three times, which is fair. But there's this really lovely moment. Where she's talking to the baby and it's really really sweet and lovely um i am gonna fact check you here though because antidepressants are not so much a big deal or is actually in season four is it season four it is yeah well there you go <laughs> what was um what was your thoughts on the finale then i <laughs> was working though <laughs> um <laughs> i i liked it i think it was a hard show it, i mean always closing out a show is difficult and I liked in some ways I liked that she didn't pick one 
But also I was like really just wanting at that point for her to pick Nathaniel. <laughs> what was your thoughts there? So you wanted Nathaniel in the end? Yeah, because it wasn't Greg anymore. Oh. It was a weird thing. Like, Shai's obviously replaced people in the past, but in this one, they actually kind of referenced that he looked different. And a lot of people kind of read into it that maybe we saw him in a way where he wasn't who he was because of the alcoholism. But I still think that it was a little bit of a slap in the face to fans. But I, like you, really wanted them to be with Daniel, Nathaniel. I'm just making up names now, not even getting different character names. Um, and it seemed to really be centered around like which of the three men is she going to choose? And then she chose none of them. And I get they were going with the storyline of, you know, women need to be by themselves. Well, mm-hmm. I don't think we do, to be honest. Sometimes it's nice to have a hot guy or girl, you know. So I was disappointed with that, yeah. to be honest. But I what I what I liked there though was that it sort of references <laughs> that scene whenever she's going into is it eleven o'clock? And Paul is like, oh, oh, you're doing that again. I, I'm just going to go on my phone. Like, that was the first time we've seen. Is it the first time someone referenced it? It like, was, oh, yeah. It was like Fleabag. Going out. I, yeah. Because um, I've definitely, definitely seen Fleabag. <laughs> I, I, I like we'll Come back to that. <laughs> and I also loved 11 o'clock. I loved the, all the references to, like, um, the, the costumes. And the costumes. And then, obviously, yeah. I loved when Paula joins her in the, like, part where they sing the West Covina for like the final time West Covina <laughs> like and I love the because I love that in the in the pilot obviously too when they do it um I love that motif it comes in and out throughout the seasons but okay I liked it for what it was and I and I still think it's an excellent show and I think it's a, a, a really important show but I definitely peaked a little area. It did, yeah. It's it's interesting because obviously it was it was very original from its time, and it it did take a while to come off. Like it was originally meant to go on Show Showtime, which the only thing I remember being on Showtime was Dexter, and so it didn't really make it wasn't sense. Edgy <laughs> enough, apparently. It wasn't edgy enough, so it was turned down loads. And the reason why it got picked up is that they thought it was similar to Jane the Virgin. Yeah, yeah. Which I was really surprised about. Like, they were quite kooky shows. I've definitely seen Jane the Virgin as well. Well, Uh, neither of these shows made it to the UK. Jane the Virgin was on E4 for one season and they sacked it off. And Crazy Ex-Girlfriend never made it to the UK. Where the hell was I watching it? Netflix? Netflix, yeah. Yeah. Found a home on Netflix. Netflix original. (laughs) Netflix original. (laughs) Owned by Disney. But yeah, it's strange because originally the show was going to be that uh, Rachel Bloom was trying to get into Broadway and they said, no, let's scrap that. Let's kind of keep it more about um, who you are. I mean, they did 157 songs, which is humongous. And many of the songs were just made up by Rachel Bloom as well. She recorded them on her iPhone and just sent them to the composer. And a massive part of the show was, and I'm going to get get his name wrong here, is Adam uh, Schessinger. Schlesinger? Schweizinger, is it? Schweizinger. Um, I was just about to mention him, um, who unfortunately died of COVID. He did, yeah. He was he was only 52. He died of COVID last year. And it's really sad. And what's really annoying is that Golden Globes didn't include him in their in memoriam. Schweizinger. Yeah. And he, like, they won a Golden Globe, um, which is mad. They, I don't think they included Naya Rivera either, did they? I'm not sure. Yeah. But he was this dude, this um, and he was the songwriter of... Fountains of Wayne as well. He wrote a lot of songs. I know. Just, it, just... Uh, it really is sad because I think he was actually working on a musical at the time as well as Sarah Silverman about her life. Um, it is. Uh, he's such a talent. Like, and it's always crap when that happens. He is brilliant. He was brilliant. Um, There's so many talented people in the show to us, and everyone they kind of brought on was people that were 
on Broadway or had some form of kind of Broadway experience. Yeah. Um, last thing I heard is that they were thinking about doing a musical, but then um, Rachel went off and had a baby. Um, and obviously the world kind of stopped for a little while as well. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen really. Would you want a musical? I would just want something in which I can see Rachel Bloom perform live because obviously we wanted to so badly go see uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live. We did. Um, Why didn't we go in the end? I Either A, it sold out, B, I couldn't afford it, C, I don't know, but um, I really wish that I'd gone. Like, Yeah, um, there'll be, be other times. There'll be other yeah. times. But yeah, that, that's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Can we just briefly, Dun- before we go off the topic of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend... Uh, let's generalize about men is one of the greatest things ever written, I think, ever. Absolutely Gay fantastic. men are all really great. <laughs> like, I just love that so much. Um, Every single one. They're never mean, just sassy. <laughs> uh, as opposed to women who never think and only talk about themselves. Oh, it's just so good. I love the end of that song where it's like, men, they're all monsters, murderers, they're rapists. I have two sons. Your sons are gonna be rapists. Oh, God, Absolutely fantastic. So That's how I feel that knowing if I do have a son, I'm like, oh God, who knows what this guy's gonna bring to the world. Oh God, nah. Boy's not gonna come out of you. <laughs> who knows? Who only knows? girls. <laughs> Secret at night. <laughs> Imagine. Like Rihanna again, second time to drop Rihanna's name. Only girl in, in the world. In my womb. Who Only knows? girls in the womb. I feel like it's a good time to switch over to news reviews now because we are yeah. kind of very of very. <laughs> But yeah, that's everything on Rosie's girlfriend. I'd love to hear if you did watch the show because, like me and Lauren said, we know seven people that did. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother dropped out of it when it started to really get into the mental health, health stuff. It's like, oh, bless him. Yeah, he's like, I don't need this. <laughs> Hi, Sean. I miss you. You're not listening to this. Why not? He wouldn't listen to this. Oh, whatever. I think it's time for <laughs> news and reviews. Let's hear from the lovely Laverne. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Hi. I had to Google what you guys are talking about. I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> Really? And so I googled, I googled Josh, Rachel, and Greg, and it came up <laughs> just <laughs> from me listening Karis, in the last ten minutes. Or if Karis googled it, uh, Greg, Greg, and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as I was googling it, someone's hit someone's car outside. I don't know if you saw me jump up. I no, was no. like, "What's gone on?" I did, but I just thought it was Nico. I didn't realize it was a uh, GTA happening. Well, yeah, when well, it was Nico, because he was like, you know, trying to get involved by. <laughs> Trying, trying to stop the stop the commotion. Um, all five kg of him, but yeah, <laughs> there was a, there was a crash outside, and I was like, "Gosh, thank God I'm not on. I'm on mute right now." But yes, um, all is good. I got my glass of wine as I was listening to you guys talk about a show Ooh, I've never heard yeah. of. All right, should we crack on with the news? Yeah, oh, no, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all for it? today. What Goodbye. Kind of car was it? What kind of car was it? What color was the car? <laughs> <laughs> no, so we had the uh we had the BAFTA TV awards this week on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was actually in West London and I'm West London based and I was like, do I go and camp out outside? Do people still do that? <laughs> I really I wanted would, to go. I would have turned up in a ball gown and just pretend to be lost and be like, I've just I come outside and I don't know how to get I've just in. got a film in I've just got a job in film. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Excuse me. <laughs> Hello. I'd let you in. <laughs> 
so yeah we had the academy recognizing those shows that have lit up the small screen over the past year and you know during the pandemic a lot of the shows I was like I've actually seen that because I've had nothing better to do so <laughs> I love that it's really really cool so we had Michaela Cole was the night's big winner finally so Finally, so she scooped up leading actress and best miniseries awards for her the groundbreaking show I May Destroy You, which has been snubbed for the past year. Um, so it was really cool. Her acceptance speech was hilarious. She shouted out intimacy, which was so funny. She looks stunning, but she always yeah, she does. Amazing. For best drama series, we had Save Me Too. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention was the best female performance in a comedy program. Shout out to Amy Lou Wood. That was I know. I'm so, so proud. Do you know what I mean, laugh though? Is it comedy? Comedy. I cried for the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, well, we all know the scene that we're we're, we're talking about. Yeah, that, I definitely know what we're talking I, about. I've, I don't think in the last, like, five years, a storyline has affected me so much to the point where I'm just always thinking about it because, unfortunately, it was just something so many females could relate yeah. to. And males. I have not but seen this show. Really? Sexification. Do you know what? I feel like a lot of, and this is not you at all, but I feel like a lot of people I know haven't watched it because they think it's just about sex. Mm. Um, And there's this storyline in particular, like Laverne said, it was so powerful because it was done in such a subtle way. You didn't see it coming and you just thought she was going to like sweep it up under the rug. But wow, the end was just phenomenal. So we also saw Paul Mascal win for leading actor. He brought Phoebe Bridgers. (laughs) We saw. Malachi Kirby win for supporting actor for small acts. I don't know if you guys saw the video of his win, but it made me emotional because he's just in shock. They say his name oh and he's just God. sitting there like, what? Me? <laughs> um, yeah. And then for supporting actress, we had uh, Raki Ayola for Anthony. I don't know if you guys saw Anthony. So it was I didn't drama- see Anthony. It was a dramatization of something that really happened. A- I actually uh- have seen. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm actually shocked that I have seen. <laughs> Yeah, so Anthony, he was a black teenager, I think, in up up north that was killed by two white terrorists. Yep. Just name them what they are. And um it was done so tastefully, I would say. The drama was it wasn't like this is what happened and then this happened and then he died and then there was outrage and then his family grieved. It actually showed an alternate timeline of yeah. what his life would have been like if he I survived. I remember this, yeah. And yeah, I just thought I that was such an amazing way because his life was taken so young. We saw him get jobs. We saw him, you know, meet his girlfriend. We saw him have a baby. And then you actually are taken back to actually none of this happened. And so the woman that played his mum, I've seen her in TV ever since I was young. She was phenomenal. So it was really good. Really good award show. And then uh, next we have our favourite show here at RP. Uh, Cruella, the prequel, is reportedly getting a sequel following its big screen success. <laughs> so the film, which stars Emma Stone as the puppy skinning villain, uh, which debuted in cinemas plus Disney Plus um, last month. I feel awkward talking about this because Kara's just come on screen and I don't want her to think. <laughs> You're you know, a bad I don't want her to You're think. a bad <laughs> Don't you be um, eating them people. <laughs> but yeah, it, to be honest, Cruella, it, it earned a healthy 4.8 
$48.5 million, which is about £34.5 million at the box office. And its hybrid release marked a new wave release in films for Disney. So it showed that consumers are willing to pay more to watch the film from home. And like 20 quid, wasn't it? Like 20 quid. Something like that, but it did well. And I actually really like that. It's, you know, it's not always accessible for people to go to cinema. Um, yeah. it's, some people are still too scared. So I think what Disney are doing, although it is expensive, you probably would pay that for the experience anyway. Um, once you get your tango ice blast and your large uh, crazy Tuesday, three fifty a ticket? No, you would not. <laughs> crazy Tuesday. I mean, you live you live in Ireland. That that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. I live in I, I live in, in West. Sticks. I live in <laughs> West London, Lauren. Like what's, what's one ticket? Three hundred points. <laughs> So, and that's the combo of the, the, the 350 if you if you want the, the glass as well if i want extra leg room so yeah, yeah so uh, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's done really well so allegedly we're getting a prequel which is basically just 101 dalmatians i was gonna say it's, i don't really know i don't know where the story can go from there but we'll wait and see disney's got the money they've got the rights so it is what it is maybe 103 uh, dalmatians maybe. have they done 103 they, no, they did 102 okay. where they airbrushed out the, the dog spots. It was scandalous. And um, so lastly, we've got Rose Byrne. So she's been cast as New Zealand's Prime Ooh. Minister Jacinda Ardern. You know what? Yeah. I actually never knew the, prime, the New Zealand Prime Minister's name. That was the first time I've ever really? seen it. I was like... I know it's been in the news for like a year and a half. Yeah, I did international relations and politics at university and I literally... Anyway... <laughs> So uh, Rose Byrne will be playing her in a film called They Are Us. So the film follows the New Zealand Prime Minister's response to the first week following the 2019 Christchurch attacks on New Zealand's Muslim community. And I think there's a lot to be said about this craze of rushing to do a dramatisation of real life events. And the gap is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I can think of Boston bombings. I can think of when planes go missing. They did a film about Brexit. There's a film coming out about Flint. There's a film coming out about... Boris's uh, response to the first week of COVID. I think I it's a film or a TV series. Played by Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> yeah, I see. It, but have you seen the picture? It's very convincing. But I just think, <laughs> like coming coming down to it, it's, it I think it's a bit insensitive. People haven't even had time to grieve, and they haven't had time to mourn. And you're just about trying to get back to normality. And that Hollywood's like, you know what? We can make a film about this right now. And things like Flint, like Flint, still do not have clean water. So why are we commissioning a film? Like yeah. it, there, there's a time and place you need to wait some time. And um, yeah. And I think in many cases, answers have not been given yet, let alone people are rushing <laughs> to do a film. Um, it's, so it's yeah, really bad it, time it, as well. Cause Riz Ahmed just recently did something regarding the representation of Muslims on screen. And then they announced this and you kind of think, well, where's the funds from this film going towards? Is it going to support the Muslim community in the area? And to be honest, like you said, two years ago, because when you mentioned Boston bombings as well, because we we did um we spoke about the film recently where it got halted because of the Boston bombings attack, and I was like, but that wasn't that long ago. Oh no, it was, um because obviously they, didn't, they shut down Boston, didn't they, and did the manhunt for them. No, I think it's. I don't know, it's questionable. I'm really sad, though, because Rose Byrne, this seems to be a second bad decision because her Apple TV show just come out and that's been given really bad reviews oh, as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I just was basically saying, yeah, the, the time gap between when people do dramatizations of real-life events is getting shorter and shorter. Mm. And I just think it's so di- insensitive at the moment. But we'll see how that goes and we'll see how it's done. It could be done very tastefully, but I just think it's a bit too soon to be telling the story because it right. was just so recent. 
Mm-hmm. But moving on to reviews. So I watched quite a bit this week. Some are more obvious than others. So the first one is actually it. I feel sorry for any of our global listeners because it's a BBC drama. I don't think everyone will get to see it, but it's okay. time. So time is the latest drama on to arrive on BBC. Um, so it was on BBC One and it explores the volatile world of prison uh, through the eyes of Mark Cobden, who's played by Sean Bean, and Eric McNally, which is the awesome Stephen Graham. Um, so one... One is about a prisoner who's doing four years and the other one is about a prison officer who gets put in a compromising position. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I love a BBC drama. Like, I love a good three, four-part BBC are drama. You, are you my mum? <laughs> <laughs> I think they've done so well. And the writer, no, so Jimmy McGovern. So he's also done some of my favourites. So he did a two-part... I know that name. Yeah, he did two series of a show called um, Accused. Um, which I watched years ago. And then he actually did Anthony um, that we were just speaking That's about. That's I know so- it. I, I- yeah yeah my heart was in my mouth the entire three episodes it's really gritty it's really captivating and it's not an easy watch but it's only three episodes so you kind of just like binge it and then never think about it again but then think about it whenever you see a UK prison because it just showed what sort of crazy stuff goes on in there it was really really like weird and then the next thing I watched was Solos so an Amazon Prime original good yeah, so surprise, surprise, I hadn't heard a ton about the marketing. Amazon, you <laughs> cannot hire me right now. I've just got a new job, but, you know, I'm, I'm still having a word with you. Every week I'm on this podcast, like, Amazon. But anyway, <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, oh, I'm going to watch this, and then just nothing. I just remember seeing nothing. Yeah. And the new thing now was when you have a new TV show or film, you used to have a website, right? But now you get an Instagram account. No Instagram account in sight, no marketing materials in sight. But anyway, anyway, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it has a star-studded cast. You've got Anne Hathaway, you've got Anthony Mackie. Anne got- Hathaway? Yeah. yeah. You've got Morgan Freeman, you've got Constance Wu, you've got Helen Mirren, you've got Dan Stevens, you've got Uzo Aduba, you've got Nicole Bahari. Like, when I say the, the budget was there, yeah. that is a... St- Damn. I've never seen a cast when I've been able to actually name every single person and know like 10 films each. So yeah, the series ponders on what it means to be human. So it's sci-fi and it's arguing that we are connected to others through shared experiences, even in our most isolated moments. And isolation it is. You can so tell this was filmed during a yeah, pandemic. Really? Because there's no, there's never, if, if, if it's not someone playing multiple versions of themselves, Mm-hmm. So if it's not someone playing, you know, replicas of themselves, then it's at best one other person on the screen at the same time. It's all isolated. It's all just individual filming, you know, shoulders up filming. So yeah, you can so tell it was a film during a pandemic, but they did it well. It was an easy watch. So it's not super in-depth sci-fi. You know, those sci-fis where you have to read about breakdowns, go on YouTube, <laughs> watch End and Explain. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. It's none of that sort of stuff. Um, it also has Helen Mirren doing TikTok dances. So if I've not persuaded you enough. Whoa, whoa, what? I have not persuaded you enough. Let's hope that. I just love how Helen Mirren is just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm going to no. do what I want. I'm going to no. be in Fast and Furious. I'm going to do TikTok dancing. Like she, so she's cool. just living her life. And she looks phenomenal doing it. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I saw a picture of her outside the bill, outside a billboard of F9. And I was literally just like, <laughs> the one that's in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
I was like, who is that 35-year-old woman in yeah. front of her? Like, <laughs> she looks phenomenal. So yeah, easy, cool watch. Each episode's only about half an hour. Makes you sort oh, of Oh, I like, like that. Yeah, it makes you sort of ponder life, our meaning, humanity, robots, and then you just sort of carry on with your day. <laughs> 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 um, and then last, a very obvious one. So the Loki series came out on Disney+. Plus. Um, when it When it came to Loki, when I originally tallied up the three series so far, it came in second for my level of excitement. And second, it has remained, if I'm honest. Really? <laughs> and, yeah, um, because... But One Division and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier have swapped because <laughs> I did not love Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, oh I thought you were the three. other way. I no, thought you were the other no, way. No. So and it's One directed by. <laughs> I yeah, I think I'm the same with that. I think I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier and One Division, whatever the hell that is, and now I'm like, boop, boop, yeah. boop, boop. Boop, 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 boop. Sorry, I was doing a TikTok song then. That was a vain song, Kara. So I was like, <laughs> two people dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound it makes. My dying. <laughs> so, yeah, Loki's directed by Kate Heron, who I believe is an acquaintance of some members she is, of She's RP. amazing. Yes. She's, I'm so... I'm so proud because it's so like you see that happen to people, but when you see it happen to someone that you know and has worked really hard for it, it just gives you so much like happiness. And I just think it's fantastic. And she's really like she really cared about this job. Like when she went for it, like she put so much like stuff together for it and she mapped out elements. And like to see her doing this and like Owen Wilson's in the show, and it's just incredible. And like wow. I don't know if you guys have kept up with her on like Instagram while she's been out in like Hollywood um and she's just still herself like she's just still herself doing weird things and I absolutely love it so I'm really really proud and just so happy so happy more women in Marvel yeah I think sometimes things like this a big gig like this which is essentially life say life-changing like it seems so out of grasp and it seems so out of reach sometimes so seeing someone that you know someone that you know genuinely works really hard I think Mm. that was that was beautiful to see because I know a lot of you guys at RP know her so that was awesome but yeah we have Tom Hiddleston returning as Loki brilliant as ever every time I see Loki though I always think about how he auditioned for Thor no, and no, how no. and just no, how wrong yeah and just how wrong that that seems in my head like every now and then like every like maybe 35 minutes I go what <laughs> but um we also have Owen Wilson as you mentioned Karis we've got Gugu Mabatha Roll we've got Wunmi Musaki who I have been watching on TV since I Am Slave which was like when I was in primary school so amazing to see her career and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're only one episode in. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Nice little thing to know is that a second series is already in development. Second? Ooh, a second so series. So what's like the crack? Like what's the storyline? Because I can't remember the last time we saw Loki. So you remember in uh, Endgame when the Tesseract drops and then he picks it up and he zoom and, he, uh, and it takes uh, him somewhere. So it yes. takes immediately after that that's where the series picks up so it's God, done in a so way clever. it's done in a way that the main t- timeline for the mcu as we know it the cinematic universe is not really affected he can go off and do whatever he wants now um because that is a whole other alternate timeline mm-hmm. and basically he's been arrested essentially by the time police for breaking <laughs> the timeline um <laughs> and the time police <laughs> literally they're called like the tcu or something like that yeah and i think it's really funny because uh, Loki says something well what about the Avengers and they go oh no they're all right and and that's it 
And that's it. And I love, I love that. that. So yeah, it's done in a way that it's not quite, con- it's not as confusing for moviegoers. So he can go off, have all his adventures and then you can go on and carry on the next film and, you know, your life is not as impacted. Okay. However, I did see a report that this one, this series links most of the MCU than most of the other series that we've seen so far. So I'm excited to see what they do there. I've kind of given given up hope on seeing a really big cameo because we've not every time I think we will see a glimpse of Doctor Strange or a glimpse of someone we haven't so I've kind of given up hope that you know we're going to see Chris Hemsworth or something but we'll see maybe I can't even say it bold 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 yeah yeah oh yeah because obviously she's really touchy about time and time travel so maybe (laughs) I love that she's really touchy about time I think I think it's a shame though because we're so used to cameos like in all the other films like I can't, what film was it when like Captain America turns up randomly and it's actually Loki pretending to be him so it's little things like that that I think yeah. it's good to bring it back but it is it is hard now I forget who's dead and who's alive most of the time yeah. now to be honest but with- and I think Chris Chris Evans thinks he's going to be bloody president in like six years doesn't he I know I know it's been quite scary. I think just going back to what you said about cameos cameos 13 years ago uh, were significantly cheaper than what they are now. That is a uh, very good point. You, you call Robert Downey Jr. for a cameo, your whole your whole set is has to refinance itself. Like there's <laughs> no way you can just get Robert Downey Jr. to come and not have to dock people's wages. <laughs> what does he even do now? Like what's what's his situation? I mean, him and his wife, they they tag team and they produce and direct a lot of stuff now, I believe. His Price is just so high. I I don't think people are thinking that they can afford him because he his price is just so high. So yeah, very it'll be interesting to see if there is a cameo, but I'm just not holding my breath, which means it'll be really nice if there is one, but also I won't be disappointed if there isn't. <laughs> That's how I'm sort of tallying it at this point. But yeah, it's gonna be quite fun. Interesting to see where it goes. Tommy Hiddleston, you can just tell he's just having fun with it. He's just he's just happy to be there. He, you know, I and I we were talking about this in the group chat about how basically like 30% of RP have met Tom Hiddleston or know someone who has. <laughs> yeah. And it's just nice to know that he is just as nice as he is yeah. now. I don't I don't even think I've ever heard any scandals about him. I think the most scandalous thing I ever heard was him going out with Taylor Swift for two weeks. Oh, that I was forgot about so that. random. I love TS. Just yeah. Oh, yeah. The top. Yeah. Yeah. I've done if I've ever seen one myself, but <laughs> but like for what? Like what was he trying to advertise? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much everything I have seen so far. I I'm debating whether to go and see the new uh, is it in the heights. In the heights. Yeah, I keep hearing this song and I'm like, ooh, but then I'm like, do do I care enough to go and see and pay my £350 in West London? <laughs> that is expensive. <laughs> You'd nearly be cheaper to fly over here and go to the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> it actually probably would. Mm. That's mine. I, I swear, like three, it used, I don't know, post-pandemic what it'll be, but I used to be for £350. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only £5 here. Wow. You guys are I living, know. living the life of luxury. Wait, how it is, actually is it? It depends. It depends. So I remember going to the Cineworld in Wembley and I think my ticket was £17. <gasps> yeah, the last time I went to cinema in London, it was 15 quid each. Yeah. Do you know you could get a bloody uh, a three-course meal and a cinema ticket for twenty-one fifty here? And it is actually good food. <laughs> good food? Do you know what? Um, you just come over here. I'll show you a good night. Twenty-one <laughs> fifty, three-course meal, Accepted. cinema ticket, but, oh, but, a, but a bowling. Bit of bowling. Bit of bowling will hand sanitize between rolls and it'll be grand. 
I, I was saying to Laura, like, I've been to the cinema, I saw Quiet Place 2, and there's not much out now that I want to see. And, like, in the Heights, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to, but I don't want to because I'm not sure. Um, but I feel quite funny because I'm guessing that Lin-Manuel Miranda played the lead role, like, 10 years ago and then just had to give it up for the film because it just wouldn't make sense, which must have been tough. Well, that's what the uh, Evan Hansen film, that's, that's, oh. a, that's a note that they didn't take on. <laughs> But the thing is, right, Ben Platt is what, like 30? Something like that. 27? No, I think it's 27. I think people have been a little bit over A little bit over I'm glad you said this. I do feel for him a little bit. He looks older in that movie than he does in real life. They should have just cut his hair. Like when he was in the politician, he looked like 18. Yeah, they overdid it with the curly hair, the knobby knees and the converse. The knobby knees. He lost too much weight too, I think. Do you reckon they're prosthetic knees? (laughs) Prosthetic knees. Yeah, with with In the Heights as well, they keep releasing like entire scenes and I'm like, I'm going to end up seeing this film at this point. They release an eight minute intro and I was like, thanks. Yeah, they used to do it all the time for Fast and Furious. You'd be in the cinema watching the trailers and there'd just be like a 10 minute scene from Fast and Furious you'd be like what what is going on here I still can't believe that John Cena is playing Vin Diesel's brother I can't they're so far out from reality in that franchise now that literally flying cars cars that go underwater cars in space I'm just like I've only seen two and they were perfectly grounded and I imagine it all went downhill from there I just have this attachment to the franchise I just can't let it go and I saw a tweet recently where it's like they might do a crossover with Jurassic World and I'm here for it to be honest no no do you know I have an irrational fear of Jurassic Park Um, because you don't like dinosaurs Jurassic Park my parents took me and my brother to an animatronic dinosaur show (gasps) when he was like seven and I was like Actually, he was probably about nine and I was about four. And I was too young to understand that they weren't real dinosaurs. And it terrified me to no end that I ran out of the room screaming into the gift shop. I remember grabbing a helmet and a baseball bat. And I stood at the door waiting for my parents. And uh, then I became absolutely petrified that they would accidentally show Jurassic Park while I was at the cinema. So I was like very uneasy. And accidentally show Jurassic do this, Park. This, this does accidentally happen. put the wrong the wrong film Hi. in but from you know, when the 1999. Posters, <laughs> no, but don't even no. But whenever like Jurassic Park three, it all came out in the trailer. You know, like all the posters were in the cinema. I was terrified. Old. That's everything I watched this week. Amazing! Some really? great. I, it's um, it's weird. Like the cinemas being reopened now. Some like I think you said last week. Like you're starting to see things that say only in cinemas, and it's like, oh, okay, strange, mm-hmm. strange one. But yeah, no, good, good news and reviews. I think it's quite nice to have an award show that isn't completely ridiculous, which is quite nice. The first Surprise one this the first one this season <laughs> um, no it was lovely um, thank you so much guys for being on this pod that's us for another week if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe or hit the follow button on Spotify you can also find us on Twitter at nothavingitpod and Instagram at Pictures. reviews are really helpful for a little independent show like ours so if you can leave a few words on Apple Podcasts we'd love you forever and if you have a suggestion for an episode topic or have a question to ask just pop us an email at info at or drop us a dm on social media we'll be back soon bye guys 